enjoy that? <clears throat> almost, almost said that's the wrong answer. That's, that's one of those you almost don't need to enjoy too much, um, especially the, 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 really the invitation that he gave uh, in the message. And uh, wouldn't it be a blessing if we could all get to that point where we, uh, we realize what we are in Christ and uh, decide not to be anything else but that. You said that vine, we are, we, he is the what? And we are the, if that vine has got life and he promised that it would have life, then us branches ought to have life. And if us branches have life, then guess what? We are, we are going to make a difference. We're going to put on Wednesday nights, we're starting that series, started it two weeks ago, about that fruit of the Spirit. Showing forth fruit. You know where that fruit comes from? Very rarely do you see it coming from the vine itself, but from the branches. Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis chapter number 1. I appreciate the message, Brother Ashton. I thank you for it. And I thank you for being sensitive to the Lord. That's one of the hardest things as a young man. And even as a... a, In my mind, I still consider myself a preacher boy, but I realize I'm 43, and uh, those days were 30 years ago, near about, being a preacher boy. But there's so many men that I look uh, look to for for wisdom and for counsel uh, that I still feel like a little boy trying to uh, get help from from daddy or something along those lines. And so, um, uh, just just keep keep putting the Lord first. Keep seeking Him for discernment, when to cut it off and when to go forward. We started this morning this this message on the uh, characters, if you will, or the components of creation. And uh, we read first the first chapter of Genesis, verse 31, and then verse 1 from chapter number 2. So we'll read that again, and um, just for those that weren't here, I'll just kind of give you the points in rapid succession and finish up. Don't have a whole lot to give you tonight. But uh, in verse number 31 of Genesis chapter 1, And God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day, verse 1 of chapter 2, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them... Father, we thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We thank you for the message that we've heard. We thank you for the songs that we've heard tonight. And God, we pray now that you'd help us, Lord, as we finish up this message, that you would allow it to touch someone's heart. God, I pray you'll give us clarity of mind and speech. Allow us to be able to preach your word, God, the way that you've intended it. And God, we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we, we gave you these points. There's just two that I preached this morning. The person of the creation, or the persons, if you will. And uh, we told you there was God in verse number 1. There was the Spirit in verse number 2. And then over in um, uh, verse number, I believe it's, let me turn back again, verse number 26, we see the Son there. And then the Scripture bears witness in Hebrews chapter number 1 and John chapter number 1 that that particular, let us make man in our image, refers to uh, the Son. So the person of the creation is the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. 
And then we ended with a thought of the process of creation. We told you that in verses uh, 3, 6, 9, 11, 4, 20, and 24, God said, and it was His Word that said, Let there be light. Let this happen. And, and thankfully it happened. We got kind of bogged down on verse number 7 of chapter number 2, where the Lord God, that's Jehovah Elohim, uh, he formed man by the out of the dust of the earth. And so we see that God said, but then God formed, and then lastly God breathed into his nostrils, and man became a living soul. And so the process of creation is God said, the Lord formed, and God breathed into man. That is that process but now tonight, I want to deal, and some of this is academic, so i got to hurry. I get nervous when I try to, try to act smart, because if y'all spent 30 seconds with me, you realize I'm not. And so i got to kind of get through this. Um, but I, I want us to notice, third and last tonight, the plan of creation. Now, if you remember, I read verse number 1, Genesis 1-1, again this morning. We'll read it once again right now. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So keep that in mind because this plan of creation is found right there in verse number 1 of your Bible. And it is with the very name of God. The fourth word in your Bible tells us the plan of creation in the beginning God. Can I, we're gonna, we're gonna do it like this. Can anybody tell me what this this Hebrew name is for God. Can you tell me what it was? Elohim or Elohim or however you want to say it. Elohim. It don't matter to me. But what does it mean? It is the object of worship. And so the fourth word is God or Elohim or the object of worship. I've emphasized that number four several times. I do not, I do not try to put a lot of emphasis on Bible numbers, but I realize that there are emphasis. Uh, I preached a message some time ago. I, I really don't remember if I preached it here or not, uh, but we preached about, uh, Naaman over in the River Jordan, how that he was told to dip himself seven times. And we went through each of those dips, and one meant this, two meant this, three, and, and so on and so forth. And we find that that number six, and I don't recall exactly what it means, but it is, it is almost a destitution, uh, that if this doesn't work, that's all. And, and the thought process of that is he's dipped six times now, and absolutely nothing has happened. But I'm glad that that seven means perfect Harmony or perfection, God's perfection. And so the prophet told him to dip seven times and he could have stopped at number one. He could have stopped at three, the number of man. He could have stopped anywhere in that and he still would have had leprosy. But I'm glad that he did go on to that seventh time. The Bible says when he came up out of the water that his skin was, was fresh. It was new. He had been healed. So there, there is some significance to these numbers. And I want to give you some, some, some facts about the number four that you can find in Scripture. We know it because we can sense some of these things. 
we can see some of these things with our, with our own eyes. But let, let me just quickly say this. This number four, there are four boundaries of the earth. There's, there's the east, the north, the south, and the west. Uh, along with that is those four winds. They'll come from those four directions. There are four elements uh, in the earth. There's earth, air, fire, and water. Uh, on the fourth day of creation, the material creation was finished. All, everything had been taken care of. And now it was just life coming in uh, to creation. In the first two chapters of your Bible, you'll find the word creature is found four different times. There are four divisions among the human race. There is kindred, people, tongue, and nation. Uh, then in the Gospels, we'll find uh, that there first, there's four Gospels, but there's four portraits of Christ. In Matthew, he's revealed as the king. In Mark, he's revealed as a servant. In Luke, he's revealed as the perfect man. And in John, he's revealed as the Son of God. Uh, God seems to work in creation, and you can read it on your own time, in fours. Uh, we find in as creation really begins, it says that uh, God said, God saw, God divided, and God called. In an on another day, God said, God made, God divided, and God called. Yet another day, God said, God made, God set, and God saw. And then God ended, God rested, God blessed, and God sanctified. So every time there was a creative act, it was done in fours, whether it be the very breath of God or Him resting on that Sabbath day. And then the fourth word in your Bible is the plan of creation. Again, I illustrate that it is Elohim, the object of worship. And as we think about creation, we look, verse number 2, the earth was without form and void. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, verse 3. And God said, let there be light. Now, I mentioned that group of, of men that I had been having conversations with. And I don't remember exactly who it was. It could have even come up here while we met with Brother Dean. I don't remember. But the question was raised, and you, Brother Samuel, do you recall Brother Dean looking at you, and he was just replying to something you said. He said, you, brother, are a gap theorist. Do you remember do you remember him saying that? Well, what this gap theorist uh, is, is God created everything, and then later God made man, or later God did all of these things. And uh, so some of that was in this conversation, and we look at in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and then it says in verse number 3 that God said, let there be light, and there was light. And they, they began to question that maybe the heavens and the earth was created in verse number 1, and the Spirit moved upon that in verse number 2, but true creation started in verse number 3. And again, you can disagree with me if you want to. It's not going to send you to heaven or to hell, whether you like it or not. It ain't going to bother me none. Uh, but as we look at verse number 1, and we look at verse number 2, I believe that as you, if you turn over to chapter number 2 and look at verse number 7, there's the same situation here. I believe in verse number 1 and verse number 2, it's saying, this is the creation of the world in verse number 1 and verse number 2. 
Verse number 3 starts, and this is how God did it. That's my personal belief on it. And, uh, and, and even some of those really smart men disagree with me. And again, it don't matter to me. Uh, I wish I could convince them and make me feel a little bit better. But it, when it's all said and done, it really doesn't matter. Amen? As long as you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, then that, that's really all that matters. Amen? And, but as we look at this act of creation, this, these characters or these components of creation, uh, we see that the, the very very plan of creation is mentioned in this fourth word. So how is it that in creation in this, in the beginning God or Elohim or the object of worship, how is it that creation worships God? Well, I mentioned it this morning. If we were to turn over to John chapter number 8, verse number 12, we would see Jesus speaking. And He says in verse number 12, uh, Then uh, spake Jesus again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so in verse number 3, God said, let there be light. Now, notice this. God, Elohim, the object of worship, said, let there be light. Reckon why he's... I'm about to run. Reckon why he said, let there be light. Because he knew it was a reference to his son. Let us make man in our image. But not only that... Whoop! Not only that, but he knew that one day his son would come and he would say, ye are the light of the world. He would say that I am the light of the world. Jesus Christ is the light. But he also established that in our own hearts that because of him dwelling in us, we can be a light as well. But if this light was to worship God, then what must have happened? Well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I love light rather than darkness. I'm just going to be honest with you tonight. I'm not being super spiritual or anything uh, like that, but I'll tell you something. There are times when I'm watching a movie or something along those lines that I want there to be light or I want it to be dark. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something, Brother Ashton, how when it comes to something important, when it co- I was laying in bed the other night and had the big light on in the, in the bedroom and, and uh, Lori said I was going to turn the light off, but my little light uh, on her side of the bed wouldn't wouldn't allow you to read. And I was reading about old Seth, uh, Adam's other son, and and I was excited about what I was reading because I never heard some of it. And uh, and so I just left the big light on. Why? Because I had to read the words. Uh, today I've been looking for a, a particular document. I had to get up in the attic. And I could have just fumbled around up there in the dark, but instead I had to have light. And if we're going to read God's Word and we're going to produce uh, the light that God wants us to produce to this dark, sinful world, uh, then that light must be in us. And so in the beginning, Elohim uh, said in verse number 3, let there be light. It is so not only the light itself would shine forth in worship to Him, uh, but it's also a prophecy, if you will, for you and I to worship Him. And then we also see the firmament. Uh, Now the firmament is, is, I feel like, anything that's above that earth or above Above that ground, all the way up until you get into some sort of outer space, whether it be the atmosphere, whatever, all that in between is that firmament. 
I was talking to Brother Deke the other night, and you know Brother Deke's a pilot, and uh, I, I had no idea that that he <laughs> had no idea that he thought about becoming a an instructor. And uh, Miss Irene was telling us this, and Brother David, I don't know if he's ever told you this, uh, but she, Miss Irene, said he was going to be an instructor, and then he realized that he would have to talk too much. And I said, "Good God, Brother Deke." I said, you must have fell off the wagon on that one. And he just said, yeah, I think I did. <laughs> but, but here, Brother Deke, he's, you know, he's got these skills. Now, I, I don't know if I would ride with him. He's crashed the plane probably seven or eight times. So I got a feeling I'd probably go with Delta or something along those lines if I needed a pilot or, or maybe, maybe call Gene Wiggins or, or Mr. Perry or something. Somebody's got a little bit better track record. Uh, but I, I told Brother Deke that night, I said I used to park outside McGee Tyson Airport. Uh, there was a job that I had to go into and inspect. And I'd sit out there and there'd be, there'd be regular planes going off. They'd, I mean, from small to big passenger planes. Uh, but the ones that really got me was those, those jets. They'd be sitting there. And I mean, in a matter of seconds, they, they put those afterburners on and they'd be gone. And I thought, my goodness, how in the world can that piece of metal, that piece, that big chunk of metal, how in the world can it fly through the air? And it just amazed me. Uh, every time we come south or we go north, uh, right there around exit, well, well, I guess that would be 138, 139, 140, something like that is where the airport is. I just look through the skies to see those big planes going and coming. It just does something for me. It's in the firmament. We look around. We was in South Carolina a few months ago, and uh, we I was walking from the church to where they had us staying, and I thought I heard the sound of an eagle, and so I looked up, and all of a sudden I saw this eagle flying in circles which to me seemed a little bit unusual. Uh, but then I saw another eagle. And uh, what was going on, I'm still preaching. I- I'll get there in just a minute. Uh, but I saw these two eagles, and one was a male and one was a female, and that female was putting the male to a test. If y'all never studied this, y'all need to look it out. Uh, but I'm telling you, uh, those uh, those eagles, they got, I mean, it seemed like just right above the trees. And that... <clears throat> That female eagle grabbed a hold of that male eagle, and they grabbed one another, and she flipped upside down to see if he had enough strength to hold her. So sure enough, Ashton, uh, he was able to hold her up. And so what did she do? She broke loose of him. She went a little bit higher, flew around in a circle, and turned upside down. And this male eagle, he wanted a girlfriend for the afternoon. And he grabbed that thing, and he held her up. And so she broke loose, Brother Terry, went on a little bit higher. And this went over and over and over until they almost got out of view. And they were kind of going off and in another direction, but I could still see it. And I thought, my goodness, what an amazing thought this is let alone the firmament, but just the fact that God designed uh, this process for trust between uh, uh, two eagles to be able to hold one another's I mean, it just blew my mind. But it's in the firmament. I think about the clouds are in the firmament. How many has ever been driving and said, that cloud looks like a teddy bear? No, that cloud looks like a whale. No, that cloud looks like a horse. And you might see a horse, and I might see a unicorn. I just don't know. But as we look in the firmament, all of a sudden we see, whether it be those those geese that were outside my window the other morning just a honking like crazy, 
or whether it's one of those poor little beautiful ducks y'all try to blow their heads off. Uh, they are out there and they are giving glory to their Creator. Uh, but then we find uh, next, we, we saw the lights, we saw the firmament, but, but then we see the land, we see the water. And this goes without saying uh, that uh, with some of us in here, some of y'all more than I, and I'm trying to get there, you love to hunt. You will go to far reaches to hunt. Uh, you'll go many miles to hunt. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but uh, uh, we'll hunt uh, on the land. Uh, we'll go out into the water and we'll fish on the water. Uh, we'll go out in a boat, just enjoy it. We'll, we'll go out to the beach and we'll put us a chair by the beach and we'll listen to the waves crashing. Uh, we'll go uh, maybe up into the mountains and we'll hear the, the little brook uh, babbling down through the mountains. And those things tend to, tend to soothe us. There's mountain people. There's lake people. Uh, there's city people. I, I have pity on them. And then there's ocean people or beach people. Uh, but what, what's happening is, is God has separated uh, the land and the water and we're able to have pleasure in those things. I don't know how you are. I remember, uh, I guess two years ago now, we went uh, for somebody's graduation trip down to Panama City. I'd never been down there. And uh, never been that far into the ocean, and I used to used to live less than an hour away. But the ocean that I grew up next to, you couldn't see five five inches away from you. And there's boogers in that in that water. I didn't want to have nothing to do it. But Kurt, we got out there, and you could see. I mean, you could see fish, and you could see uh, just yourself. I mean, I. Look, made sure I have five toes on that one every once in a while just to make sure we're doing good. But I'd get out there and there'd be, there'd be people on the shore. Uh, there'd people be uh, all around us. But I'd get out there all by myself and I'd close my eyes and I'd just say, Lord, thank you. Because as far as my eye could see, there was nothing but water and sky. As far as I could look, there was nothing. And that brought peace to me. And as I was, I, I was out there surrounded by folks, but alone, just me and God began to worship Him. You ever cried at a beach in the ocean? I can't help it. I have. It wasn't because I felt sorry for myself. It wasn't because I was overjoyed by anything that I had said or done. It's just because of God. Then we see the sun, moon, and the stars. Since the 1600s, men have been trying to gaze past this veil into the next. And they've been trying their best to see the sun. And they were not necessarily the sun, but the, you know, the cosmos. Get out in and see the planets, the stars, and look at the moon. In the 50s and the 60s, men fall tooth and nail. How many gave their lives trying to get from, from the earth to the moon and, and all of these different things, but yet the sun, the moon, and the stars, they are constantly crying out to God uh, because He is worthy and He is the object of worship. We left over at the wedding last night and, and uh, as we got out to off, the, off the, the dirt road, we got out there to the stop sign and we looked and the moon was just bright and huge, just big, just beautiful. As I drove away, it was behind. But every once in a while, I would look up in the rearview mirror and I could see it or out the side mirror and I could see it. And I can't hear it. 
But there's something about the fact that that moon, it reflects the light of the sun that does something for me. I don't know how y'all are. But the very fact that the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. And he told, it said, in, in scripture, it said there was a greater and a lesser light, and he made the stars also. I don't think the stars also were an after effect, but I believe that he get, he got that glory out of that sun. He got the glory because the moon was reflecting from the sun. And as we apply to our lives, we are, we are giving glory because of what has been been shown in our own heart, in our own lives. But then he made the stars also. And I've I've seen some men they they present these things as they 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 somehow or another uh point some kind of a microphone slash uh telescope towards these stars and they say those stars are vibrating at certain frequencies and they're they're making noises and a man can't hear them with his his ears. But somewhere, someone is able to hear what those stars are saying. Can I tell you that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then we look from there and we see the animals and the water. And again, you know, we can go to the zoo and we could see these animals. Or we can go out in the woods. Or my daughter, she just run right over the top of one like she did this morning. And, uh, I mean, we can, we can, we can admire animals or we can go and shoot them or, or we can, we can, uh, we can do all kinds of things. But these animals, these animals, even they, when no one is listening, I really believe in my heart, Brother Jody, that they are giving glory to the one that created them. We look then at the land dwelling creatures and man itself. How that man itself and those animals, they are, they are worshiping God. They should be worshiping God. See, those animals, they, it, it's inbred in them. Men have a choice. Men have a choice whether to worship God or not. Brother Ashton's already said, you know, he, he wants to be remembered as. I, 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 don't, I don't have any problem with being remembered as someone that worshiped God. Every single one of us in here this evening, we may worship God in a different way outwardly. We said it a few weeks ago, if you're going to worship God, no matter what the outward body does, you must worship Him in spirit and in truth. There's no way around it. Everything else is just playing. I want to be remembered as someone that worships God. And I'll go a step further. Uh, Nathan, I don't want to just worship God at some big meeting. I don't want to just worship God when everybody's watching or where we have big evangelists or big missionaries or big this or that. I don't want to just be caught worshiping then. I want to worship God when nobody else is around. I want to worship God out in the middle of the, the ocean when everybody's saying, what is that cracker doing crying in the middle of the ocean? That's when I want to be worshiping God. I want to be worshiping God sitting at Chick-fil-A when I've got a burden and a spicy chicken sandwich come on. I want to worship God sitting there, just me and my dead bird, and praising God for the burden that I'm bearing. 
and the trouble that I'm going through. But then we see the Sabbath, and I'm done. We see the Sabbath is created before God puts, well, as God puts the final touches on creation. Over in chapter number 2, verse number 1, it says that the heavens and the earth, they're finished. Verse number 2, And on the seventh day God ended His work which He had made, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it He had rested from all His work which God created and made. There's something special about this day. We could argue if it was Saturday or, or Sunday. And I'm tired of arguing about stuff. Don't really matter. We, we celebrate the Sabbath as being this day, Sunday. And I believe that there's something different about this day because God sanctified it. Now, I've been in church since I was probably... Um, I don't know, nine, eight, nine, ten, something like that. Probably about eight. I've been in church. Even before then, I don't have a whole lot of memories before being in church. And I've told you about my dad's testimony, how that he was, I don't want to go as far as saying godless, but he had no concern about God or church or anything like that. My mom was brought up a little bit in, in church, but even she didn't really have any spiritual priorities. But there was something. It didn't work on Sunday. Even before we got saved, there was something about Sunday. And so in my soul... When I started getting into church, it's almost as if there was a there was a piece that was almost out of out of time. And once I started going to church, even before I got saved, brother Jody, it's like you fell right in there. It's like okay, this this feels right. This feels right. I wasn't supposed to be sitting at home playing Nintendo. We weren't out gallivanting. We weren't doing anything wrong. But something wasn't right. And then we got, all of us got saved. And we truly made it a priority to be in God's house on God's day, that Sabbath day, the day that God rested, the day that God sanctified. That sanctified is to set apart and make holy for a purpose. What is that purpose? Elohim. What we're supposed to be doing on this Sabbath day is worshiping God. Not man. Not not the preacher. Not the place. But God. You see, in creation, God had a plan. And it was summed up in the fourth word of your King James Bible. And that word is God's own name. The first name that we see of God, Elohim. Object of worship. I'd intended on preaching out of Matthew tonight, and uh, the way the service went this morning kind of changed gears there. But 
there's something about creation. And we overlook it so many times. We just read through it. But I really wish, as a church, but also as individuals, I wish we'd really get the weightiness of the creation. Now, of course, we can say statements like that. Without verse number one, none of us would be here. That would be true, but it's a little shallow. There's a lot of depth that we find in those first, that first chapter and the first part of the second chapter. There's a lot of depth there that we'll read over. Possibly, if you're following that reading plan, you've already just read over it. Because you read this last Sunday. But I wonder today, do you truly get who it was that created? Do you get why He created it? What was His plan? Let's stand tonight. I ask if you will, take, take both messages home with you tonight. I appreciate Ashton coming, sneaking in on us, and giving us a good word. And uh, I ask you, you pray for Him, and uh, you ask the Lord to bless Him. I told you last, I believe it was last Sunday night, and uh, I'll not mention this a lot, but just kind of it's on my mind. Uh, you be praying for Brother Kurt and myself in the, the first week of February. Uh, he and I will be starting uh, Bible college, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be on the campus that first week, but then we'll be doing correspondence. And so you be praying for us. Uh, it's new to me, new to Kurt uh, as well. Um, but uh, it's something that really the Lord placed on my heart for Brother Kurt to do, just try to help him. Uh, and then uh, I realized what a benefit it would be for me. And so you be praying that God would take care of all of those needs that may arise from that. And you ask the Lord just to bless us, all right? Remember those that we've been praying about. Continue especially to pray for Brother Deke right now. Um, pray for Ashton. You going home tonight? You staying in town? You pray for him as he leaves. And uh, you ask the Lord to touch. You pray for that back road to be able to get some rest tonight, okay? All right, let's praise the Lord. We'll be at liberty to go, okay? One, two, three. Praise the Lord.